from the book of Exodus, chapter 3. I'll probably be all over the place in this series. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number uh, 13. Matter of fact, I'm going to start reading verse 10. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 10. We're going to read that down to verse number 15. Uh, and then we're going to give you our subject. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13. We read now the, uh, verse 10, we read now the King James Version. It says, come now. This is God talking to Moses. Come now, Moses, behold the cry. I'm sorry. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly. I will be with thee. That is the most powerful verse of scripture when I read it. Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto you. That I have sent you. When thou art brought forth. When thou hast brought forth the people of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. Moses said to God. Behold. When I come to the children of Israel. And say to them. The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he says, I am that I am. Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, the God, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. And this is my name forever. And this is the, my memorial unto all generations. So what I'm going to do today, I want to I name this teaching today, meeting the I am. And I want to be able to take you to some people who have done just that. Say that with me, meeting the I am. Now, this is what's going to happen to Moses. You know, I went through some things this morning because I didn't want to have to cover them in this service. But, the, but Moses met the I am. Now, this was an awesome thing. So I, I want to I show you something. This, this man was, was turned down being the prince of Egypt. Turn it down. He could have been the next prince of Egypt. But the Bible says... He enjoys seeing him that was invisible. Isn't that awesome? All right. Now, somebody can find that for, for the tape's sake, but anyway. So what I want to do today, I want to I show you, uh, under this series we're doing now, uh, we're talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. So let's go back to the book of Revelation. Like I said, I'm going to be all over the place. Let's go back to the book of Revelation, chapter 1. And I want to deal with showing you the three revelations. And the last person I'm showing you here is John. Revelation chapter 1. And I want to show you John's revelation. I'm going to show you John's revelation. And then I'm going to show you each revelation had to do with a specific group of people. Each revelation, let me say it again. Each revelation was written for a specific 
group of people. So when I get to John's, the revelation that John had, it wasn't for you. It was for Israel. Because if revelation was for you, then the gospel of John had to be for you. First, second, third, John had to be for you. Because John wrote to the church of God, and that's not who you are. So that's how you know the difference in Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, are you there? We're going to look at verse 1 through verse 3. The revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave to him, gave to John, to show unto his servants, talking about his servants were the prophets, things which must shortly come to pass. Now we showed you this morning what that meant. And he sent and signified by his angel to his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, when God says he bear record of the word of God, he's talking about a person. He bear record of the word of God. See, John's seeing him as a person, not just scriptures, in which he was also. And of all things that he saw, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. So you know it couldn't be you because your message is a revelation of the mystery. When I show you that, this was prophecy. Prophecy was given to Israel. And prophecy was already has been fulfilled. So when you hear people saying, yeah, this prophecy has not been fulfilled. Because it's the book of Revelation. You cannot, it cannot be accurate. Because I can show you the same prophecy that I'm reading now in the Old Covenant. And what you're saying is the Old Covenant has not been fulfilled. No, that's not true. The truth is people have missed the word. I don't want you to be deceived. That's why I'm here. All right. So it says, and blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep the things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Now, I gave you that word at hand and what it means. It means near. And I gave you about six or seven scriptures on the first tape and you will see what near means. If something is near, even when they buried Jesus Christ, I gave you that this morning, his sepulcher that they buried him was near. Now, they couldn't be cross town. You know, it's just, you just have to take the word near and, and don't mess with it. Amen? All right. Now, what I want to do, I want to go back and show you the, the first revelation was given and why it was given. Each revelation was given for a purpose. Let's go back to the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 16. Hebrew 11.27. Okay. Let's put that on the screen. The book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11. This was talking about in the record of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and what verse? 27. And 27. It talked about Moses. Let's start off with verse 24. So when you give me that, start off with 24. Uh, matter of fact, 23, you start out by faith, Moses. Okay. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his pen. Verse 23. Because they saw he was a proper child and they were afraid of the king's commandment. Were not, he was not afraid of the king's commandment. Did I want to say? Okay. Let me read it again. By faith, when he was born was he three months of his parent because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, 
refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt. Now, you know Egypt has some treasure. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Here it is. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Isn't that something? He enjoyed going to be with God and knowing him better than all the riches of Egypt. And you have to make that same decision. All right. Now, let's go to Matthew 16. Start verse 13. I'm giving you the three revelations. The first revelation was given to Peter. Each revelation was for a specific time and people. That's why you must know what revelation uh, dispensation you are in. So that way you would know what message should be preached to you. All right, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. Are you there yet? All right, waiting for the screen. Here we go. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, who do men say I the son of man am? First revelation was given to Peter, if you're keeping notes. And they said, some say you are John the Baptist and some say Elias. And they asked him, Christ asked them who he, who, who he is. Remember, this revelation was who he is. Are you Jeremiah, one of the prophets? He said to them, but whom say ye that I am? Now, so Jesus wanted to ask them, I, I heard what you said, all the people said about me, but what do you say? He said to them, by whom say ye that I am? But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you the Christ, you are the son of the living God. Now, you should mark that in your Bible, because that's the first revelation was given to the apostle Peter. Peter said, you the Christ, you the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you, Peter, thou art Peter. Now, most people take this and stop there and then make Peter the rock. That's not what he says. He said, you are Peter. Up on this rock, I'll build my church. He's not talking about building his church on Peter. Because that's what a whole church right now today are building a church on Peter. All right? But that's not accurate. Up on this rock, he says, I'll build my church. Now, we want, we want to take a moment and show you that so you don't get no misunderstanding. All right? Up on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, what did he mean by up on this rock, I'll build my church? Let's show you first what the rock is. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there first. See, if you don't know what the rock is, then you think that God missed, missed it. And a lot of people says, no, that wasn't a capital rock. That was a little rock. <laughs> Where a man wrote the Bible, he know he could have put the, he could have made a capital. The bottom line is you better know who the rock is. First Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to look at, start with verse number four, because Paul is ministering this to uh, the church of God or Israel. Moreover, brethren, he called them, 
I would not that you should be ignorant how all our fathers, so you know he couldn't be talking about Gentiles, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea when they came out of Egypt with Moses. And were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did eat all, then did eat the same spiritual meat. They did eat. They all drank of the same spiritual drink. For they drank of their spiritual rock. They got it right. That followed them and that rock was Christ. So there's no mistake who the rock is. So when I go back to Matthew chapter 16 up on this rock, I'll build my church. He had to build his church up on who Christ is. So that's why I'm going to show you something that John gave us when we get to John. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Let's show you that in John, the last of the chapter of John. Let's go over there. Uh, the gospel of John and chapter number 20. John gave it to us because he's going to show us why he wrote the book. The gospel of John would tell us why did he write the book. Now, when you talk about why did he write the book, we're talking about John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the book of Revelation. Why did he write the book? All right. The gospel of John, chapter 20 and verse number 30. John 20 and 30. And many are the signs, truly that Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Isn't that what he said to Peter? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Say it with me. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Remember, that's what Peter said. You are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. And that believing, believing he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, you might have life through his name. That's how they were saved. Their salvation was how? In his name. You got to make sure you don't, you don't mess it up, see? Because your salvation is in the person, not the name. And that's why I told you, when people now think when they pray and they say in Jesus' name is when they get it. No, you already got it. They were given his name. Their salvation was in his name. Now, I want my wife to find this verse for me. In the Gospel of John chapter 17, Father... I have kept them through your name. Their salvation was in the name. Everything they would get from the Father would be in the name Jesus. That's why when I told you Peter, James, and John, not Peter, James, and John, but Peter and John, when they were first arrested, when they were first arrested, uh, they were arrested and they put them in prison. Matter of fact, I'm just waiting to show you all that when I get down there. Uh, but, this, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and believing you might have life. Remember, they had life, how? Through his name. That's not how you have life. All right? Now, you got some? 1712. Okay, let's go there while you're there. The Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 12. See, when you, put, you look at this, you, in this, in this reading of John, uh, I come to respect John a lot since God, more than I had before. I always have been a Paul man myself, but you know. Uh, John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world. Are you there? There we go. He's praying to the Father. He said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them how? In thy name. 
I need you to talk to me. You got to know how he kept them. This is not how he keep you. See, you're not in the name, you in the person. Therefore, if any man be in, see, you're not in the name, you in the person. How does God keep you? He puts you in Christ. He sanctified you in Christ. Everything that happened in your life is because God put you in Christ. Your soul lives in Christ. You are in the spirit. He puts your soul in the spirit. He puts the spirit in your soul. You are one with him. So you're not kept because you are in his name, but he, he couldn't do that then because the spirit was not yet given. Because Christ has not yet been glorified. Do everybody understand what I just said? You couldn't have been in his name. Because, I mean, you couldn't be, on, before, before he died, you understand? Before he died, after he died? After he died, he put you where? He put you in the spirit. He put you in Christ. That's what Romans chapter 8 verse 9, another verse says, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his, right? So God put you in, in spirit. That's why the Bible says you are not in the flesh, Romans chapter 8, but you're in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. See that verse up there, up there said, but you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Where are you? That's how you say it. You're in the spirit. See, when you are not saved, you're in the flesh. And that's why the only thing you want to do is flesh. That's why flesh still satisfies you, because that's where you are. See, once God puts you in the spirit, flesh can't satisfy you no more. I, don't want, I want a whole lot of clapping on that one. You can't be satisfied in the flesh no more. Flesh can't satisfy you no more. But you can hear a word from the Lord and all of a sudden you jump, you, you raise up in life. I don't care how much, what you're going through. When you hear something from God, you're just like, woo! What happened? Your soul is in Christ. And when Christ feeds you, that's what happened to your soul. It rejoices. You're not fed from bread on the table. You're fed from bread from heaven. As a matter of fact, the bread that they got there was, came from the store. The bread you get come from heaven. You have the living bread. You got the true bread. All right, don't forget that. All right, and I'm not done giving you all the seven I am's because I'm going to take you right through all of them. I start this morning, and I start this morning giving you the seven I am. Uh, am I supposed to be doing something right now? I'm giving, you the, I'm giving you the three revelations. That's what I'm doing. I gave you the first one, Matthew 16, 13. Don't forget what I'm supposed to be doing. So when I ask you again, you know what I'm supposed to be doing. I gave you the first revelation. That was Matthew, I said, in 16, 13 through 18. And then I said, I'm going to give you the second revelation with the Apostle Paul, which is Romans 16, 25. Let's go there. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. This is the second revelation. This revelation was given to Paul. Now, I got a lot of scriptures I can give it to you on that. I'm just giving you one because I don't have time to teach on this today. I'm just wetting your whistle. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Now to him that's of power to establish you according to my gospel. 
See, this is not Peter, James, and John gospel. This Paul gospel, which is the gospel of Christ, which is the gospel of grace. See? Now to him that's a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Now you might want to say, what mystery? You might want to say it sometime. Thank you so very much. See, when I'm studying the word, the first thing I say is, what mystery? If, if Paul preached the revelation of the mystery, then what mystery? He said, a mystery that was kept secret since the world began. Well, what mystery was kept secret since the world began? It was Christ. That's why when Christ came, whenever he said to them that he's Christ, he said, tell no man. Remember? All right. Because it was kept secret. Look at the gospel of Mark chapter 4, verse 11. So when you say Paul preached the revelation of a mystery, then who preached the mystery? See, that's the key. Mark chapter 4 and verse 11. I've probably gone over these probably 700 times since you've been in this church. But until you start writing them down, I'm going to keep going over them another 700 times. It doesn't do any good for me to do them or you don't get it. Because you, your children are going to call you up one day and say, Dad, why, why, did, why did he reach the revelation of the mystery? What was the mystery? Who preached the mystery? Boy, I'm glad you asked me that. Sit down there. <laughs> Let's go to the Mark, Mark chapter 4 and start verse 10. Back up one verse. Mark 4, 10. There we go. And when he was alone, they, asked, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. Because that's all Jesus was preaching parables because he was now Solomon. See, everything he was doing, he was doing it as a fulfillment of some unknown covenant. Solomon's preached parables. If you go back and look up, they didn't call him the word parables under Solomon. Anybody know what they called him? I know what dog's saying, but something else. Proverbs. Proverbs. That's the word I want. Thank you. Uh, in verse number 11. And he said to them, unto you is given to know the mystery. That word mystery means secret. See, when you find this out, I'm going to give you the next the definition for the word revelation. So he says, and he was, he said to them, unto you is given to know the mystery, the secret of the kingdom of God. It was given to them to know the secret of the kingdom of God. Now that's what Paul knew. Paul knew the secret of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Why? That seeing they may see and not perceive. They'll hear, but they won't, they'll be hearing, but they, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sin be forgiven them and I should heal them. So that's why they couldn't get saved. They were blinded to the truth. Because Jesus taught them parables and through that, they were blinded. They left there saying, we don't understand what they said. And they didn't. All right. So now you're going to go to the third, and that's going to be John. So when you get to John, John was given the revelation. Now, when you, when you, let's look at Revelation chapter 1. I want, I want you to know what, I want to know what do you see. Because a lot of time we, we miss it. Because we've been taught the book of Revelation, and it is a book 
But you want to put down the word revelation. What does it mean to say revelation? The word revelation, I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 1 when you get there, but revelation means the making known of something that was before secret. The making known of something that was before secret or unknown. So when something is unknown, just like when Jesus taught, Jesus only taught you parables and still it was unknown. So Paul's ministry is a revelation of the mystery. So, but my, my message is meeting the I am. And the only way you're going to be able to get it, you're going to have to meet the I am. And I'm going to show you some people who did. Moses was the first one. He had to meet the I am. And there's, see, that's why the Bible said there's a, to fall into the hands of a living God. Paul realized that. Now, you got to understand what he mean by that. Anybody know how, what that, how that scripture really goes? It's a fearful thing. Yeah, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. What do that mean? It's, it means it's a fearful thing for God to put his hands on you. You think you knew fear. <laughs> When God laid his hands on you, you go ask everybody who, who God laid his hands. Okay, we're we going to check that out today, okay? We're going to go back and look at that. And we tell me, were they cool? Were they sitting up being cool? I'm cool. No. It's called meeting the I am. Now, this is what God wants to do with everybody in the body of Christ. He wants to meet you personally. Let's go back and see. Let's go back and see. We're going we're gonna to come down to John at, at the last, because John would give him the revelation. All right. So, but we're going we're gonna to look at Paul. We're going to look at John. Now, I told you, revelation means to make it known of something that was before secret or unknown. Now, let's give you some of that. Let's look at Galatia 1, 11, and 12, before I go back to Genesis. Look at Galatia chapter 1, because God gave Paul revelation. Galatia chapter 1. You have to under, understand what he gave him. Galatians 1, 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it. How was he taught it? Here it is. By the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he was taught the revelation of mystery by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, who gave them the revelation of Jesus Christ? John. So Paul had to learn from John. See, each one of these guys knew something the other didn't know. He, said, he says here, I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. What do you mean, Paul? You was taught it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. He'll give us a little more. In the book of Ephesians chapter number 3. For this cause, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1. For this cause, Paul, he called himself the prisoner 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, now that's your dispensation. If you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, let me say it again. If you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, what dispensation are you in? It's not prophecy, is it? You don't have prophecy in the dispensation of grace. Everything has been finished. Everything has been fulfilled. If you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me to you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. Watch what he did. How that by revelation, how did he do it? By revelation, he made known to me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge, watch this, in the mystery of Christ. Now, why was God able to give Paul the revelation of the mystery? Because Paul was the Pharisee of the Pharisee and because Paul knew about Genesis. He knew about Moses. He knew about all the prophets because that's what he would study every Sabbath. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He said, as touching the law, blameless. So this man knew the Bible. My point is, if God's going to give you a, the revelation of something, you've got to already have something for God to give you a revelation of. You understand what I mean? So when you don't get the word instead of the word, how can he reveal something to you? You won't even know if, when he revealed it. If you don't know the word. But if you got your belly full of word, the word of God, and God reveals something to you, the first thing you're going to say, oh, that goes with that, and that goes with that, when you study the word of God. But if you don't have nothing in there, you, you don't. You got to get the word. All right. So he says, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery of, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Now watch what he said, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. And it is now, 2,000 years ago with Paul, revealed unto his holy apostle. He's not just talking about him, he's talking also about Peter and John. It was revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. See why, that's, see why it's so important for the Holy Ghost when Jesus said, I will come to you? Because his job was to teach them all things. Remember, he already taught them three and a half years. But when the Holy Ghost come, or when I return, is the same word, I will teach you all things. See, when the spirit of truth has come, the spirit of truth has come, he shall teach you all things. He shall take a mind and show it unto you. Otherwise, what I told you in three and a half years, you're not going to be able to absorb it because you don't have the spirit. But when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to teach you everything and bring everything to your remembrance. You can't bring nothing to my remembrance if you haven't already told me before. Let me say it again. You can only remember what you once knew. You hear it is, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. So when God revealed this to Paul, he said, look, the Gentiles is going to be fellow heirs with the Jews, with the Jews. They're going to be of the same body. 
Because there's only going to be one body. And they're going, to be, they're going to have the same Holy Spirit of the same promise. Now that blew him away because being a Jew, he realized God, I perceive, Peter says, that God is no respected person. Paul said, now, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power unto me, who in the least that all saints, he says, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles, watch this, the unsearchable riches of Christ. See, that's what you getting. You, you want to be rich? This is what riches are, is to know the word. Nobody is more richer than you if you know the word. See, you got to know what you're getting. If you go back and read the book of Proverbs, Solomon found out God had given Solomon everything. He asked Solomon, he said, look, ask what you will. And Solomon asked. But he didn't ask for vengeance over his enemies. He didn't ask for all this other stuff as well. And God said, because you didn't ask for that. You asked for wisdom. You asked for knowledge. You asked for understanding. You asked for spiritual things. All the other things I'm going to give you. He gave him everything else. And that's what you got to understand if you realize what you got. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to do a teaching next. It's going to bring all this out. All right, but let's move on. Because I want to show you. I gave you the three revelations. One for John. John was Revelation chapter one. Uh, I didn't read that, did I? Let's go back and read it again this service. Revelation chapter one, verse one through three. And then I'm going to go down and read verse 17 through 20. Revelation chapter 1. Because we're going to show the, that he had to meet the I am. Revelation chapter 1. Ooh, boy. Let me tell you. There's nothing like meeting the I am. Buckwheat 2022. Whatever year it's going to be. Revelation chapter 1. And verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, if you remember, I want you to sit it with me. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you notice there's no S? He said revelations. There's only one revelation. See? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show unto his servants, thing must for shortly come to pass. He sit and he signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things which he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Keep those things which are written therein. Here it is, for the time is at hand. That saying what at hand means the time is near. All right. Now, what I want to, let's go down to verse 17. Now, let's stop at verse 9. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. Let's, let's go to work. I, John, who am your brother, I'm a companion in tribulation. So right off the bat, I know where John was. John was on the island of Patmos. He just told me, right? And John was in... I, need, I showed you that, didn't I, that he's on the island of Patmos. I didn't get that yet, did I? It'll get there in verse 9, though, won't it? Okay, in verse 9, 
he says, I, John, am your brother, companion in tribulation, in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle, on an island called Patmos. I was there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, when most people take is, I was there for the word of God. Now, you got to understand something. He was put on there because he had been preaching the word of God, but he was on there so God can reveal the word of God to him. Got to hear me. When he leave off that island, he going to know who God is. I told you this morning, he is the word of God. But John, that's why John knew who he was. Because God revealed himself to him. And verse number 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me, now people think the Lord's day hadn't come yet. This man said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now all these things are very important because you get to the feast, seven feasts of the Lord. One of them is the feast of trumpet. And this voice says, I am Alpha and Omega. He's telling him who he is. He's meeting the I am. I am. Don't forget what you're hearing. I am. See, he had the revelation. See, all Moses had was, I am that I am. John is giving you the that. See, I am that. What was that that? Alpha? What was that that? Omega? What was that that? First? What was that that? The last? See, he's telling you that that. I am the... See, that's why when Jesus said it this way, before Moses, I am. Never was, I am. All right. Saying I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, what you see write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia until Ephesus. Now, why is he doing that? Because he was over those churches. But they were taking him off and put him on an island called Patmos. Now, Timothy is over Ephesus. Do you remember that? Unto the church of Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, you got to understand, in a Jewish synagogue, remember, he's in the spirit now. Don't forget what he says. He says, I was in the spirit, verse 10. Don't forget what he is. What he's seeing now is in the spirit. Everybody understand what I'm saying? All right. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me. He's telling you what he saw and what he heard. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and I, being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Well, where is he now? He's in the holy place. Because that's where the seven golden candlesticks in the holy place. Seven golden candlesticks we had in the church who we came here was on that wall on that side, remember? Because we bought a Jewish synagogue. And they left the candlesticks on the wall. <laughs> disconnected, but they disconnected. But they had that and they had it on the stage. That's why they thing was built like they had this part out here, the first dimension, and when you went up on the stage, you had the second dimension, and then you had to go behind the veil, which they had a box here that you open up that they had uh, here. Y'all never probably went back there, but you might have, huh? 
But anyway, that was the third dimension where they had the thing back there where they did the, and all the other stuff. That was in the Holy of Holies to them. Revelation chapter 1. All right, let's keep reading. See, some of y'all don't even know what you saw. That's why, every, that's why when you come in the back door, they had curtains pulled. They had curtains pulled everywhere you went. The Jewish synagogue. So if you, if you go to from, from the first part and you go to the, in the sanctuary and you walk to the stage, you could pull the curtain first. Come on, now y'all was over there. Y'all like y'all remember that? You pulled it, that was the, you just left out there. Then you closed the curtain and you went back to the next part. Then you went this way, there was another little curtain. Everything was blocked off in the curtains. But they were separated. That's how they separated. In a Jewish synagogue, everything, everything is rooms. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. What did he see? He saw seven golden candlesticks. Verse 13. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, he saw one like the Son of Man. Well, what was the Son of Man at? If you know what the seven candlesticks was, it was the seven churches. But God was showing him this in a revelation of showing him that he saw him in seven golden candlesticks. Well, the seven churches were the seven churches of Asia. But he was showing him what Christ was. Christ was in the midst of the seven churches. He was going to door to door, each church, to see what they're doing. And then he's going to say later on, he's going to say, I saw your works. And some of you are cold or hot. Can't you see, if you, if you just listen to what he's saying, he's, he's showing you what Jesus saw, and then later on, he's going to go chapter 2, he's going to tell you everything he saw at every church. Right, I saw in the church of Smyrna. You have the deeds of a Nicolaitan. You let that person come in and teach your church who have the doctrine. He visited every church. That's what he was doing. John said, I saw him in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks with the seven churches, and he's at every church. I wonder what he see if he walking through here. Hallelujah. And in verse, and John says, he, I saw him amidst the seven golden candlesticks. And verse 13, I saw him in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with the garment down to his foot, girded about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white as wool and white as snow. His eye was a flame of fire, his feet like the fine brass. And if it had burned in the furnace, his voice is the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, that was the pastor of the church, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was as the sun shining in the strength. And when I saw him, you just said you saw him. But then you saw him in the spirit. And now, when I saw him, I fell at his feet. I really saw him. Because the same one that I saw walking through the church of the candlestick, now he was right here. Oh, my God. That's why my message called me, now I am. It's an awesome thing to read the Bible all your life and finally, read, finally meet the person who wrote the Bible. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. 
That's what you're going to do. Ain't going to do nothing else but get out on your face. And he laid his right hand upon me. Now, just think about it. See, I know a lot of folks say, oh, pastor, he just be playing. He said, no, 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 I ain't playing. I went through this. When the Lord, when the Lord came into my, I'm telling you, when he, when he, this time was, I was in my bathroom and I was on my knees praying. And I told my wife about that, of course, a hundred times. And I never forget. I know exactly how I was facing. I was in the bathroom, but I was facing coming out. And I would go in every day and pray and listen to the word. I bought my wife the whole book of tapes at that time, or the whole Bible. And that's what I do every day. Lock up in the bathroom. Renee Bill that damn man, we need to use the restroom. Again. That's where I'll be every day. That's my daughter, she know. But one day, whoo, he manifested on me. I could hear my bathroom filling up with glory. And when that happened, he laid his right hand up on my left shoulder. And it wasn't enough just to lay his hands on my left shoulder. He did this. Oh, my God. See, somebody can lay their hands on you, and that's nice. But when he did that, I knew I was gone. I, I'm telling you, I really thought I was dying anyway. So I sat there a while, because I was scared. I couldn't say nothing. And all of a sudden, it was like he evaporated. And I could hear him leaving. And then the next time, I came home that night. i never forget, I, I had my little black Bible in my pocket, and I was reading, and I told my wife they were trying to fire me and all this other stuff. And I was sitting inside the bed telling her about the things that the Lord was doing to me, and I could feel the, the glory of God in my mouth. I, I, all this stuff that I'm reading, I went through it. That's why I know what he's talking about. When the Lord put his spirit in my mouth, and I just sit there, lay there, and I could fill my mouth with nothing but glory. I couldn't say nothing else. Spirit. And I just sit there. And I just breathe. And then I could feel him absolutely like he was dipping his hands in, 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 in water, whatever, and he would do that on me all the time. And I would always do that because I like, like to get it all over me. And I run to the mirror. Because I want to go, I want to run immediately to see if I see anything on me wet. What I say to you is not for you to think of me in a different. I'm just telling you what they are talking about, I experienced. But that night that I was sitting on the side of my bed with my wife, and I had, I, I, I had, I was, I was at, New, at Bethlehem, I think, at that time. But I had, remember there was some song that we used to sing at that time, like, He touched me, and now I'm not the same. And I always used to say, He touched me. And I'm just singing like a song, because I just thought it was just like, He just, He touched me. And that night, I never forget on this, 
south side of my room, my bedroom window. That night he walked in. And I just saw the form of a man. That's all I could say. And I'm sitting there talking to my wife. And God is my witness. The woman was asleep. I said to my wife. See, I understand Peter and James and John because when the Lord met them, I don't know why they were asleep, why she was asleep. But I, I came, when I walked that toward, when I was walking, when he was walking towards me, God, when I'm telling you, it's, hey, when I, I don't talk stuff like this. I'm not, a, I'm not the, a foolish man. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm not trying to be believed. This is what happened to me. And he walked beside me. And when he did, I tried to look at him. I was sitting on the side of the bed facing the wall, and I, I could see him walking toward me as a form of a man. I'm sitting on my bed, and what I did was I tried to look up like this to see could I see him. God's my witness. Number two, he put his right hand on my head, Yancey, and did that. Now, I'm telling you what happened to me in my message before all the people in the world. And when I did that, Yancey, I knew I would not mess with no man. I, I, my wife told you, my wife told you, I thought I was going to die anyway. So this was it. I'm trying to let her know I'm gone. <clears throat> and I'm trying to let her know I'm gone. I just, let, I just want to say hi before I leave. And God is my witness. He turned towards me. Come up here. He turned towards me and walked over me. Go up there. He turned towards me. You're going to face here. This is where I was facing, just like that. So when he came in there, I could see a form of a man. But he was walking, and I'm thinking, my door is right there, so I'm thinking he's going on out that door. And I try to look up at him, and he took his hand like this and pushed my head back around. And he stood over me. And when he stood over me, I'm talking about in and out through me. I could feel him standing in me. And when that happened, he breathed into me himself. That's the only way I can explain it. It was like all the air that was in the earth went inside of me. I'm going to try it. I just want to get just a little sample. That's how it was sounding to me, in me. And when it finished, I fell out. When, that's, when that happened, Yancey, my bed wasn't too tall. So I rolled out on the floor. I'm not going to try and get you on the floor, Yancey. Okay. Stay where you at. But I rolled on the floor. And when I came to, I was reaching for my bed. And I finally rolled over in the bed, and that's how I slept all night, because I'm still looking to see if he's still in here. 
And all through the night, I knew he was there. And I was trying to touch him. Come on, get the Lord a big hand. I'm a... <laughs> when I'm telling you something, I'm not telling you something what I think. When you're talking about meeting him, look at Revelation, what John says. In verse 17, Revelation 1, 17. And when I saw him, John says, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death. The keys of hell and death. So when I saw him, that's what happened to me. Now, I gave you this morning, I need to give you this one thing this morning. Let's go to the book of Revelation because I want, I want to show you this before I can go somewhere else. Revelation chapter 19. And verse 12. Let's start there. I want to read that down to verse 16. His eyes were the flame of fire. And on his head was many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vestal dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. What is his name? What is his name called? The word of God. You got to understand. See, when I tell you the word Jesus, when I say the word Jesus, the word Jesus was given to his disciples as a credit card to use because that was their salvation. So they, when they went out, they were to take nothing with them. If you go back and read Matthew, when his disciples went out, he said to them, take, no, take nothing with you. No purse, no money, no two coats, no nothing. Take nothing with you. They only had the name Jesus. So when they came back, they said, Father, even the devils are subject to us through your name. How many remember that? So they couldn't take nothing. So when Peter got to chapter 3, Peter said to them in chapter 3 of the book of Acts, Seven gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Because that's what's given to them. God gave you his faith. He gave you his grace. He gave you his love. You got to know what he gave you. But he gave them his name. Now, John's telling us his name before he came here. The name Jesus was used with his disciples. Salvation was in his name. John chapter number 20, verse 30, 31, I gave it to you. They that believe on his name. So you go back and read John, the gospel, John chapter 1, verse 9 says, He came to his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to as many as believed in his name. Their salvation was in his name. That's not your salvation. Your salvation, Romans 3, 25, is in the blood of Christ. If God had not died on the cross, you could not have salvation. They had to have faith in his name. So you have to understand how that operates. So here John says he see him. 
He says he was clothed with a vessel, Revelation 19 and verse 13, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And then in verse 16, let's go to verse 16. He hath on his vesta and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. See, his, he has went from, he gave his name, Jesus, to his church, to his disciples. He gave you the word of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's go back to Genesis. I'm sorry, not Genesis, John, the Gospel of John chapter 1. So when you look at the Gospel of John chapter 1, what are you seeing? Do you know what you're seeing? So you got to understand some God brought us back to the beginning. When he gave them his name, that was the dispensation of the gospel of the kingdom. For they operate in his name. You are the grace. You are named the name of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are not trying to get anything. You have everything. Let me say it again. You are not trying to get anything. Everything has already been given you just like it was before Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam didn't have to ask for nothing. He had everything. So you have to understand in Christ, God has blessed you, Ephesians 1 and 3, with all spiritual blessings in heaven and places, everything you need in Christ. So that's why I'm teaching you this. And while I'm teaching you this, I'm going to show you the seven, seven I am's in John and what the seven I am's stand for. What was they fulfilling? It was who Christ is in his perfection. So when you, when you study John chapter 6, he is the living bread. John 6, 35, he's the living bread. John chapter 8, verse 12, he is the light of the world. John chapter 10, verse 1, he is the door of the sheepfold. John chapter 10, verse 11, he is the good shepherd. John chapter 11, verse 25, he is the resurrection and the life. Each one of those say, I am. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way to the Father. I'm the truth you receive when you're born in the Spirit. I am the life you receive when Christ come in you. I am the vine, the true vine. I'm the one that connects you. You don't have to seek for your identity. I'm the one that connects you to the Father. People going around trying to find out who they rooted and grounded to. Jesus is your true friend. The only way you can become a part of the, and bring forth fruit, you got to abide in him. He came inside of you so you could bring forth fruit. And not physical, but the fruit of the spirit. And then I'm going to teach you about Leviticus chapter 23. The same sevens are seven feasts. And the same seven feasts is the Christ that lived inside of you. That's, that's why you have to operate in the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy, because that's how the kingdom works. 
You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have already received the peace of God which passes all understanding. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you must learn how to operate in the kingdom of God. You don't have no time to goof off. You have too much going on inside of you to worry about what's outside of you. Let me say that again. You have too much to worry about what's inside of you. You're worried about what's outside of you. You don't even know who in you. You are the very temple of the living God. And everything I'm saying lives inside of you. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he is telling you, I am your provider. That's why when he came to them, he told them, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to put on. You just seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, then all these other things are going to be added to you. I'm the light of the world. Paul taught you that. I'm the one that delivered you out of darkness. I am your deliverer. Everything is in you. So when he gave you the seven feet, the first one's the same thing as John saw in John 6, 35, is the bread. Leviticus chapter 23, the first, first feast is the Passover. The Passover is not something you celebrate today. The Passover is Christ. You celebrate Christ. He is your Passover. People still want to celebrate days and festivals. That's not your move. Christ fulfilled all of that. He is your living bread that's inside of you. He's your light that brought you out of darkness. He is your way into the holy of holies. He is your truth that saves and delivers your soul. He is your resurrection. He is your life. Do anybody hear what I'm saying? All this stuff no more. Ain't no, ain't no bread on the table. All my bread on the table and the pool back. That, is, that stuff is over. The Holy Ghost is your baptizer. You need to learn out who you are and what God has done for you. And my time is already. I got so much word in you, I want to explode on you. First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Christ already finished his work. He is the fulfillment of everything from Genesis to Revelation. I dare you take natural things and say that's Christ. That was the Old Testament types and shadows. He is now the word of the living God. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. Somebody get up in this house and give him the praise and the glory that's due to his name. Somebody put their hand together and bless the Lord. My time is up and I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.